Hello and welcome to the Love Says Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Johnson and I'm coming to you from the coast of Maine. In my work as a life coach for the last 15 years, as well as in my personal life, I keep coming back to seeing the beauty of what unfolds when we each uniquely find our way back to a place of love. Love can get us through the most painful moments. It can give us the freedom to grow, the courage to change. And love can also lead us to a whole lot of peace, joy, and possibility. So let's see what happens in us, in our life, and in our world when we listen in to what love says. Hello and welcome to the Love Says Podcast. This is Elizabeth and I'm really grateful, excited, energized for our next conversation on love today. We have a beautiful guest today, Mary Lofgren. And just to do a little intro of Mary before we bring her on, I met Mary through my wife, Lauren. They were colleagues and friends and developed really a sisterhood um, and so 10 years ago, we met, and Mary was one of the first people that knew about our relationship um, while we were still keeping it under wraps. It was very exciting, exhilarating. And so as I was thinking about preparing for this conversation, I was realizing, Mary, that you've been in my life like for 10 years, over 10 years, through Lauren. And all the while, though, because Mary has this way of sharing who she authentically is and her gifts with the world in just so many different ways. But I have been able to be witness to her voice, her, her words, her learnings. And Mary is, is someone who, when I read her writings, I always find myself like in those deep nods, <laughs> like those like mm -hmm. deep, deep nods and those chuckles and those just like then these moments of pause of, these deep rememberings of this deeper truth. And so I am so grateful when I first was thinking of all the people who I wanted to connect with on, on this topic, Mary, absolutely. You just, you popped right up and I have so many questions and curiosities and just like, so looking forward to talking to you about how you come back to love as a human being and so many things that connect to that. So Mary, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I am so honored to be here. Thank you for that beautiful introduction. Yeah. Oh, it's my pleasure. I Let's just dive right in. Um, and of course, like I'll ask a question and then you can answer it as, as is, or you can, if something else pops, I just have this feeling there may be some moments where you're like, I would like to see your question and raise you <laughs> a different perspective. And so I, you'll, you'll take it wherever it goes. But my first question, as we go right into it, is why is love important to you in your life? Why is love important to you in your life and in the world? We're starting off light. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. You literally know that I erased a question this morning that was like, why do you think we're here? Like, as you it's like, Elizabeth, come on. <laughs> oh, yeah, so we well, are. Yeah, exactly. That's what I love the most about you is <laughs> you just don't waste any time. <laughs> 
doing anything surface, you go right to the heart of things. We go right in, yeah. Thank you for Mm -hmm. this beautiful question. Um, Love is important to me. Well, when you were starting off the introduction and you said conversations on love, it was like my whole system relaxed because often in podcast conversations, there's this kind of agenda or like a teaching opportunity or, you know, a sharing of my work or something like that. And when you said conversations on love, it's like, oh, it's so simple. And all of the agenda just falls away. And it's like this delivery of the nectar of my being, Mm. you know, love to me. I mean, it's hard to talk about love and not sound gay. Yeah. Find that. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Like, I mean, I am a person who in those questions of like, what's most important to you? Relationships are always at the top. Mm-hmm. Because relationships, I mean, I just keep coming back to this word nectar, you know, sometimes as someone who lives alone and works from home, um, it can be very solitary and isolating. And it's almost like the surface of my heart feels dehydrated. Love provides this soothing balm where I know that I'm not alone. And I know that my heart is a much deeper and wider place than I think it is. So beautiful. And this obviously is connected to that, but during this season of your life, because you're, you're someone who, and we could probably say this of anyone who would be in these conversations, anyone, but who, whatever you answer today, right? In two weeks, it could be, right? Like there's always totally. learning and growing and changing. Like, and so I'm just curious of like during this season of your life, when you feel the most love from within, and then like later we'll talk about receiving love, right? From others and from the world and from, but when do you feel the most love from within yourself? Mm. I feel the most love within myself. Oh, let me pause. I feel the, the most love within myself when I am in intimacy with another human and similar to how we started out, like I'm the same. Are you a Scorpio rising? Are you a Scorpio in your chart? Yeah, Scorpio rising. So that's why we don't waste any time. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. There's like an allergy to small talk. (laughs) Never talk about the weather. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. And so when when we bypass that uh, surface level, And we're really in the heart of things. I mean, I recently came to visit Mm -hmm. you and Lauren in Maine. Mm -hmm. And my favorite moment of the whole trip, I did a lot of things in Maine, but my favorite moment of the whole trip, my most cherished memory was on Lauren's birthday when we were just having breakfast and talking about what's real. Yes. You know, Mm -hmm. I felt Mm -hmm. so myself and I felt so grateful to connect with 
the both of you who are so yourselves. And, you know, that just feels like magic, you know, and like there's a certain sense of timelessness in our world that moves really, really, really fast. And one of my New Year's resolutions this year was to be less existential. (laughs) Because, you know, I just kind of see things through the lens of like, we're all going to die. What does that mean? And (laughs) a later question. (laughs) (laughs) And so when we have those moments of like real connection, it's like the love in my heart. I'm reminded that that's who I am. Yes. Yeah. That was my favorite moment too. And I can remember the minute you were like my favorite moment. And then in my mind, the image, and it was 1000 degrees in Maine, like, and <laughs> we're just sweating and we're eating this birthday brunch. So like, I wish it had been cold. You know what I mean? But it was like this and we're sitting at the kitchen table and, and I, I know we talked about this then, but, and I've talked about it with Lauren since that, We've known each other for 10 years. And I'm also so fascinated by the rhythms of connection, the timing of heart-to-heart connection, and how, to me, that was one of the first moments where we fully went heart-to-heart without... It's almost like I had been using Lauren as like in between us, if that makes sense. So we'd Mm -hmm. be with you, I'd see you, or we'd have time together, but I wouldn't. And that was a self-protection thing, right? And in that moment, again, I think we could zoom out and look at all the changing, all the growing, the timing of it. But there was like, I think we even said like, this is the first time (laughs) like we're fully no walls between us. And then it's funny, I was going to ask you this like separately, but I did after that moment, which felt like the utmost presence and openness. And I literally was like, this is why I'm alive, right? Like this is mm, this Me moment, too. Right? It would just, and I felt Lauren and there was all three of us had the space held for us, right? For these shares. But then mm-hmm. also, were, again, such deep listening. So there was something where it wasn't like dynamics of like, anyway, it was just so beautifully balanced and such a, and again, in a way I hadn't experienced like that before. And then I don't know what you, but I realized after the fact that after that, I started to contract a little bit. I don't know if you, mm. but a little bit, like it almost was like, you know, when you have a vulnerability moment, but I noticed myself just put up, not a full wall, but just a little, those little small walls in front of us. Mm. And so it was, I'm just learning too that what those moments, almost like a practice of those moments. And then realizing after the fact that again, it is safe to be vulnerable, right? When we feel that it is safe to feel that much love. It is safe to feel that much presence, Um, Mm -hmm. did you have any after effects or did you just kind of ride that? We didn't. Yeah. I'm just curious. Let's see. Did we go kayaking after that? Yes. 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 Yeah. That's interesting because I hadn't reflected on that. Um, but I do remember standing in line. I do remember standing in line for the kayak and being like, come on, (laughs) like feeling so impatient. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> and like looking at the seaweed crackers to try to entertain myself. Yes, and, and then in the car on the way home, I like I needed to look at my phone mm-hmm. like a baby needed a breast. Yes, like, yes. I needed. I just needed to like self soothe. So it's really interesting yeah. that you say that because I hadn't made that connection. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was reading in Kimberly Ann Johnson's book, 
this week, Call of the Wild, and she was talking about this, about, you know, our riverbank of tolerance and how confusing it can be when we have this beautiful, heart-opening, expansive experience, how, you know, our system moves slow. Mm. It moves at the pace that it can tolerate. And um, I think it's why we have that expression, two steps one step forward, two steps back. Um, because like this paragraph in the book was talking about how this woman, every time she had an orgasm 12, within 12 hours, she would pick a fight with her boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so interesting and so fascinating. And so, and I, I just appreciate you sharing it because for me, sometimes I can be like, what's wrong with me? why can't I open to this being my resting state? You know what I mean? And it's just like, this is not a moral issue. Like this is biological, you know? Yes. Oh, I'm so glad we got to, yeah, to talk about it too. So yeah, so interesting. And I would, I want to honor the, the rhythms of that. Again, I don't, I do have this very, this tendency to, again, if I feel these wonderful things, there is like this very delusional, optimistic part of me that's like, but maybe I'll feel this forever. Right. It's like, and that's just not the human experience. However, the difference for me is then, but what do I practice or pray for or open myself to so that there can be more of this? Right. So it's like strengthening those muscles or allowing those muscles. So totally. This kind of leads into, and I'm curious, it was in your podcast, Come to Your Senses, which Mm -hmm. actually, before I ask one of the things from there, where did Come to Your Senses come from and what does it, what does it mean to you? Because just like when, when you felt conversations on love, when you say come to your senses, it calms me immediately. It like calms me and opens me at the same time. But yeah, Mm -hmm. where did it come from and, and what does it mean to you? Yeah. Well, my, my work as an embodiment coach and as a teacher and facilitator, you know, I started out my work in sensuality and teaching burlesque as a way to essentially move closer to love and allow more love into your body. And my work has really evolved over the last 10 years to just the simplicity of sensuality and your senses being a portal to enchantment and to presence and where sensuality can actually be somewhat desexualized because it's so conflated with sexuality. And it's just a simple sacred practice of coming home to your body through your senses and through simple pleasures and Um, and really a devotion to love through the body. And so that was, and, you know, come to your senses is just a a well-known phrase. And so it just felt like a really perfect match. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting because it is a well-known phrase, but when I hear you say it or see it on like the beautiful images that it often comes on when you're, because the images you use, like, the, the way that you share it, it's literally, when I read it, it is like, it's a whole new phrase. It doesn't feel like mm. a familiar phrase. It doesn't feel like the one we grew up 
I don't know. It's just, mm. it's a different, it feels like a different in- invitation. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And I was listening to one of the episodes. I think I told you that I wouldn't let myself listen to like any podcast that like for, at, for the <laughs> year before, cause I was so afraid I would like mimic or not be myself or, and so since starting this, I've been able to start dabbling again. And one of the podcasts you had shared and I just like it's popped for me and I put it in a note in my phone as I was like walking and listening to the podcast and you were talking about soul sense and -hmm. you were talking about soul sense connected to the economy of energy and again I'm not sure if these are practices or phrases that are in your daily or if it was like sometimes I say things on a podcast and then I'm like wait what did I say you know like as it comes through so I'm not sure if these are like kind of pillars that stay with you or if they just came in through in that moment but yeah I just I was so curious about soul sense and the economy of energy yeah, if you could kind of just talk about them or explain them or give even some examples of what that that is to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for reflecting that. Um, so soul sense is really just a way of saying the way in which we sense our own self, our mm-hmm. own soul, and how it's expressed through the body. And, you know, I think a second layer to my work. So kind of the the surface layer and the visible layer is the connection to sensuality and slowing down and being in your body and moving through limiting ideas around your body and what it's here for and what pleasure is. And then there is this deeper layer, more in the unseen, that's about really moving at your own pace through the world and shedding ideas that are, you know, quite often, if not always put in place by oppressive systems like capitalism and white supremacy and ageism that inhibit our connection to our soul sense and really rob us of our own energy, our own life force, and keep us in a state of fearful contraction and those walls like you talked about. And so the economy of energy, I think another way of saying that would be taking the slowest part of you into, to reference one of your podcast episodes, you know, that, that table, that farmhouse table of your council. And excuse me. So there's you know, the fast, ambitious part of me. And then there's the slow, measured part that moves at the pace, like we talked about, of my own riverbank and knows that overwhelm and intensity are really a distraction. Like they give me a good hit and they make me feel like I'm participating in the pace of our world and everyone else and keeping up with the Joneses and, uh, you know, essentially like what I would call the ego. And then there's just this deeper part. It's like the, I know you're an ocean lover. And so it's like that part where you dive below a wave and it's super quiet down there and you can hear the chaos on the surface, but there is a stillness 
deeper and down below. So that was a web of an answer. I hope that <laughs> answered your question. I love web. <laughs> I love it's all a web, you know. And yeah, yes, yes, yes. And I, I love I hadn't thought of that allowing. Oh, it says it, it makes me again want to pull up a new chair right at that farmhouse table as we as we learn these these other parts of ourselves or these parts that have been there but like we're not giving space to them right or or encouragement or taking them like for the valuable part right that they are mm-hmm. um and I'm just yeah I'm kind of, I want to add that in to to my practice of when I'm thinking about that farmhouse table yeah, adding that part that is the slowest, that does have such a unique rhythm, right? Like, and it's just so interesting because as you even were talking about it, right, you're, the pace of your language changed, right? Your energy changed and that piece coming to the table to meet all the other pieces changes the energy of the whole room, right? Like, mm-hmm. and it's so interesting. It goes right in, there was another there was another episode where you were talking about the inner pusher versus the inner wisdom, which is literally the next thing on my questions. And it's like, you just explained part of this, right? These different, that, that soul sense, like I'm, you know, connected to the inner wisdom versus that pusher that wants to. And I'm curious, yeah, anything else, even though, again, you've already just gone into this, but that, the inner pusher versus the inner wisdom for you. And can you tell when it's your inner pusher is coming directly again from the trained systems of oppression, right? Your inner pusher is like, oh, this is exactly what capitalism has trained me for. Milagros Phillips always says like, you're just really good learners, right? The reason you're doing all these things and even though they're hurting Mm. people and we need to undo them and heal them, you don't need to shame yourself immediately because you're really, you all are really good learners, right? Mm. And so we learned from these systems of oppression. We grew up in them. You and I are both in the United States. And so I'm just curious, like how you know the difference between your inner pusher that's coming from that trained capitalist white supremacist energy, right? Versus mm-hmm. your inner maybe ambition or your Virgo or your the part of you <laughs> that when you get an idea, you could work on it for 48 hours without stopping, right? Like how do you f- just within yourself feel or know the difference between Again, that like trained in the systems pusher part of you and that very energized kind of, I'm imagining coming more from intuitive soul, like you could create so much in 24 hours. What what are the difference between those two, if that resonates? Such a great question. So I would say the first thing, because my world and, and really how I've learned to be a experienced traveler in my own inner (laughs) geography, you know? (laughs) You have an amazing passport for that. (laughs) (laughs) So many stamps. (laughs) I am worldly within, that's for sure. Um, (laughs) You know, part of that has been a deep practice of listening, not just to what's being said, but how it's being said. Mm. So my, my pusher, which I also call 
Mama Rose, if you're familiar with the movie <laughs> Gypsy, who is like this, you know, critical stage mom whose potential is wrapped up in her child. You know, her potential, her own potential is being projected onto her child. And I think of that within myself, like there's this part of my uh, ego self. And I, I don't mean that in a demonizing way. It's like mm-hmm. that that ego self is the part of me that has learned how to belong by following the herd. Mm-hmm. And that ego self talks in a way that's very harsh and very critical and very fast and very loud and usually just kind of has a tone uh, like I can't do anything right when it comes to that voice because that voice is not there to praise me. And so I have to remember that, that like if I am trying to please my inner pusher, that is a losing game from the start because that's not what it's there for. It's there to serve me by, you know, pressing a pitchfork to my back. Mm-hmm. And there's this other part of me of my farmhouse table that is the other side of the coin of the pusher that is my inner teenage rebellious one mm-hmm. who just says, is it okay if I use the F word? Yeah, I think so. I don't have explicit. What? what it, okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll use I'll use the the letter. Okay. Just, you know, to everything cries out, "F it!" Yeah. You know, "F it!" I'm not going to do the dishes tonight. I'm just going to go to bed with dirty dishes. You know. And <laughs> like, you know, "F it!" I'm an entrepreneur. I can do what I want with my time. I'm just going to take the afternoon off. You know. And like both of those, (laughs) you know, you can hear it's like this same energy of fast and loud and something that's given me a lot of dexterity around my inner world is understanding the nervous system. Mm -hmm. And so my inner stage mom is kind of running from the sympathetic nervous system, that fight or flight. And then my inner rebel is kind of operating from that dorsal vagal branch of the nervous system, which is like um, uh, basically like we're all going to die. So, you know, like it's, it's like a dissociative, I can't do anything. All the energy has left my body um, because the threat is so vast. And, you know, the pusher imposes this threat that is so vast because there is no way to please it. And so the inner rebel just collapses and can't do anything. And, you know, I mean, I have many personalities within, (laughs) you know, many voices. These are kind of two dominating, uh, two, these kind of sit at the heads of the table when I'm in a dysregulated state. But then there is that third voice, you know, the sacred third, the part of me that speaks quietly and measured and that has this tone of love Mm -hmm. and where, as opposed to the pusher where I can't do anything right, it's like to this voice, I can't do it wrong. And what's unique about this voice, I think, is that I think of it as a lantern Whereas the other two I think of as like 
the the pusher is like a giant spotlight that tries to see everything at once. The rebel is kind of like turns off the spotlight so she doesn't have to see. And then this lantern voice illuminates the next right thing. Mm. You know, it only shows the next one or two steps in front of me. And that is my farmhouse table. (laughs) Mm. Mm. Oh, so beautiful. And, oh, I just feel it so much. I'm so grateful for the, the descriptions, the like understanding I also, it's just so amazing, right? Like I, one of the things we won't go into, into now, um, but is I'm, I'm, I've been, you know, Lauren, I've been talking so much about how to evolve, break, evolve, move beyond the systems of oppression, right? And mm-hmm. we could have a whole many, many hour conversation about that. But what's so interesting is you were just speaking was like, again, the compassion, the awareness, the capacity, right? For all of these parts and not, like you said, not demonizing them, right? Like this, there's some, each of them teach us so much. Each of them are part, right? Of this human being experience. And as you were talking about them, I just had this moment of like, again, what happens in ourselves and in our world when there's space for all those parts, but when we're making the next decisions, that sacred third has a say, right? Or is, it, again, when what happens when more of the action steps or the language or things we're putting even into bills, right? Like, or like, what if mm. more and more of our systems are evolved or built? Like from again that that whatever that that sacred third is, it'll be unique for everyone. But that place of love, which again can hold so much. So you, just as you were describing that, I'm so grateful for people to listen to it because you can hear. And I think it's gonna. Re- I resonate so much with that. Right? It may have different names, but the difference mm-hmm. of the energy and where it's coming from and what it's trying to get. You know what I mean? Like, but mm-hmm. so I just think it's beautiful. And I do wonder how many of our systems that exist now were created from the pushers, right? Like, mm-hmm. and what, how we're wanting to create differently. May I say, may I share one more thing? Yes, about that? please. Yes. When I think about the pusher, it's like, I love what you said about what is it trying to get? Mm-hmm. You know, because when I think about the pusher, what that is trying to get is essentially supremacy. Yes. You know, like a grasping for power and the collapser or the rebel, like that part is trying to get escape, you know, and this third part, what I, what, what I experience is what it's trying to get is connection Yes. you know, connection to myself, to a higher power and to others. And I think an important thing to name is that in this pursuit of growth and becoming a better human, a better ancestor, I know for myself, sometimes I can make myself wrong for not being able to get out of the pusher or the collapser. Like, oh, I just need to be more loving, you know? (laughs) Pushing to be more loving. Like what's wrong with me, you know? And and the connection piece, like something that has been a big part of my own work in the last 
year or two has been breaking out of that navel gazing as a means of growth and seeking connection with other people because you know that intimacy that you and I and Lauren experienced that morning at your home like that is love that is the lantern you know that's where like I don't have to work for it where it just reveals itself yeah so that's that's I think an important piece is is not trying to will those parts away, but instead taking a different road by connecting to other people. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Gosh. Do you feel like, I don't know if this is true, as you were saying it though, I'm like, it is the, and this is not then so that we don't um, like own that we, again, and we have everything in us, right? Each of us, right? There's nothing that someone else probably has that we don't have the possibility of having within ourselves, right? Like, mm-hmm. but when you just said the thing, connecting the pusher to the supremacist part, um, mm-hmm. and then it's just so interesting watching your table or, or observing your table and being like, as you said that, I was like, is the opposite. And again, not so that it doesn't exist or we deny it or we are like, oh, we're not doing that anymore. That part may pop up. will probably pop up in us for as long as we're humans. Right. Like, mm-hmm. but is the opposite of supremacy connection. Mm. Keeping it light, breezy. <laughs> <laughs> Breezy, breezy morning. <laughs> it's a really good question. I feel like I need to pause with that for a moment yeah. and just let it land in my being is the opposite of supremacy connection. I think that's one way to answer it, you know, like as, and something that's kind of in my periphery right now is that as a person who is a white cisgender, mostly heterosexual person, (laughs) um, I am in a position of supremacy, Mm -hmm. you know? So Mm -hmm. it's like, I don't know that I even could define Mm -hmm. the opposite of supremacy because I'm so entrenched Mm -hmm. in my own privilege. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's something I'd love to to ask of someone Mm -hmm. who is not in my position. But yes, I absolutely experience... I don't know if I experience its opposite, but I experience the dissolution of my pusher when I am in connection. Yes. Yes. Whew. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to switch gears uh, a little bit. Um, it's so funny. Do you know that last night I had writ- wrote a section that was going to be like popcorn questions that were like one word answers. And then this morning I was like, I raced it off. <laughs> we're not, we can't do that. And now I'm like, do we need some popcorn questions? But, um, um, well, I'll just ask one and then we'll kind of go in this. There's two other just kind of directions. One's from me and one is a Lauren Browning question for you that she, mm. she added to the mix. But before we go there, um, I'm curious, and again, I don't want to, I actually don't want to be like, this is jumping from this because I think what we're just talking about is so, I'm just so grateful for the conversation. And, um, and I'm wondering, well, and can I just, just interject? I want to name your wisdom to move from there because what you just, I think what you just demonstrated is that awareness of tolerance 
that we were talking about. And like, you know, we did reach a really uh, depth centered place and it makes sense to put cream in the coffee at this point. You know, so I just want to affirm you, affirm that choice. Let's get some, let's get some cream. It still honors our, our Scorpio rising. Yes. Um, I was, I was going to ask you, and then we're going to talk about friendships. Um, mm-hmm. if you're open to it, um, I was going to ask you from this place, from where you are in your world right now, where, and it's interesting. I know we talked about your inner landscape passport, but I'm talking about, I'm curious about where you are called. Is there anywhere in the world that is calling you right now? And you don't have to know why or when, but is there any place like in this world other than your home that is calling you? It's like, it's just pulling you. Mm, Such a great question. Yes. Um, Northern California Mm. has been calling me since I first visited 15 years ago. And actually in October, I am going to be going there for an equine therapy retreat. Equine therapy is really close to my heart. And I just, it's the only place in the world other than uh, some parts of Europe that have ever felt like, oh, I'm home. Like my soul is home. And I have been on this listening tour for the last year where I've been going (laughs) to all these different cities because, you know, I've only lived in two places in my adult life, New York City. Well, I was raised in upstate New York, but New York City and Asheville, North Carolina. And so it's like, I have this wanderlust and I've been honoring that and listening to that and, uh, still am living in the question around that, but I feel really called to go and allow the woman I am today to land Mm -hmm. in Northern California and see how that feels. Yes. And see if I want to forego retirement to live in Santa Rosa for two years. (laughs) 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 We'll see what happens. We'll see, see where you're called. Um, and then this is again, different question, but it's kind of similar energy of like, what allows you to play the most right now? When do you play mm. the most? Or what, what is your version of play at this time in your life? Such a good question. Oh, I would say dancing mm. is a really big one for me. And dancing like a dork, you know? <laughs> I mean, I, I've done a lot of dance in my life where I try, you know, it's funny. At your wedding, I uh, I was like dancing and and you know I think like I'm a pretty good dancer and then I saw myself on the video and I was like wow I <laughs> like I'm a much dorkier dancer than I give myself credit for and um, and so I've really been uh, exploring that when I dance of just like you know, letting my body make these like really weird, awkward shapes. And it just feels so good. Oh, it does. Yeah, it does. It's so, I had a similar experience, which by the way, it's so funny when we're recording this, it's our, it's three years ago today was, was the wedding and where we did our dance. We did that, that entrance where the band did a segue and thank goodness you knew to hold it, hold it, hold it to do that because we would have been off for the whole dance. Like, but 
Um, I remember years ago, like taking a class on body movement and realizing that I had been like doing these sharp, this is what happens growing up watching probably MTV music videos, right? It's like these sharp hits, these, everything's so sharp. And I'm like, no wonder why I get all these neck aches, right? And then I remember <laughs> being like, how does my body want to move? And it's more like a very odd looking like noodle, right? Or like seagrass yeah. or like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, wait, that, my body doesn't want to hit these poses like that. Like, and it just, I still have to rem- remind myself when I go on a dance floor, right? Like dance how you feel. It's not how it looks because it was so, you know. Did you grow up dancing? Were you a dancer when you were younger or? I took some dance classes and I loved it, but mm-hmm. I was I was never what I would call a dancer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 But I am a Koya dancing. teacher and yeah. Koya, Koya, which is a dance class uh, for the listeners that was developed by our mutual friend, Rochelle Sheik. That is essentially a, a dance yoga intuitive movement practice that's all based around how you know you're doing it right is that it feels right in your own body mm-hmm. and learning how to trust your body through movement. And that experience of really immersing myself in Koya and becoming a Koya teacher changed everything about mm. my relationship to my body. Yes, yes, yes. I'm glad you shared that too, that, that resource. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, my love. So we have two, two ways we're going to go. One is a Lord of Brahmi question. And then one is kind of a final closing question. Um, awesome. <laughs> Lauren's question, you can only imagine. I was like, do you have a question for Mary? And then her fate, you know, her brows get furrowed and she, and then all of a sudden she, it, I was like, I just, I just need one. Like I'm just looking for one. <laughs> God, she's like, so this question, which I love, and it could be like a 12 part mini series if we, if we allowed it to be. <laughs> so you can cliff notes it. You could either answer it for like the most recent answer, or if you want to go back in history and do a couple, like, you know what I mean? But her question was, she want, she was curious about you sharing a, a little bit and so much of today you already have, but of the journey to loving yourself um, and to feeling, and this is where it gets multidimensional, but like the journey of feeling love for yourself love from others and love from the divine. So I was just going to start with, or you can go wherever you want, but like, yeah, that journey to feeling authentic love for yourself from yourself. Such a great question. Thank you, Lauren. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Um, A very Lauren question too, you know? Uh Well, I love how you asked about play Mm -hmm. because I would say a couple of years ago, how I would define loving myself is through how good I was at managing my own self-loathing. Oh, yeah. You know, like I, well, I'm, you know, it was like, I would get this indignant tone of like, I go to yoga, I meditate, I I'm sober. I do this and this and this. I'm growing my business, you know, all these kind of things that I was using kind of like an attorney as evidence that I loved myself. And those were powerful actions. Like I think that that demonstrated a love for myself that was there, but that I couldn't really feel. Mm. And, you know, in the last 12 months, I, 
have done a really deep dive into trauma resolution and have learned that that part, uh, while beautifully ambitious and driven is, is another variation of the part of me that feels like I have to perfect myself in order to be Mm -hmm. lovable. Mm -hmm. And when I'm in the energy of play, like last weekend, I was at the lake with some girlfriends and a friend had this like leopard unitard that I put on and just like (laughs) ran around the yard and pretended to climb trees. And we took um, photos and, you know, making art. And there was a moment where it was raining and, and I was on the porch dancing with my headphones and I just went out in the rain. And, you know, it's like those moments are, I think, when I am embodying how I love myself mm-hmm. because I'm tickled by myself mm-hmm. and I'm tickled at how much joy and playfulness and, and buoyancy I can experience. And I, I think in those moments, I'm truly being myself. Mm-hmm. Um, like when my hat fell off, when we were kayaking and you saved the day, you know, <laughs> like it's just one of those moments where there's no effort. We're just enjoying and that to me has, has been the most profound layer of self-love I've ever reached. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. In a minute, we'll go into like my last final question. But before, before we do, if, if people want to connect with you, want to, yeah, just be connected to you, how, how can they connect with you? Where can they find you? Thanks for asking. Um, uh, so my podcast is called Come to Your Senses with Mary Lofgren. You can find it wherever you find your podcasts, Apple, Sp- Apple Spotify, etc. You can also go to my website, schoolofsensualliving.com. And you can learn more about my coaching services. Um, I'm in the process of creating a community for listeners of the podcast, which I'm really excited to debut later this year. Um, and you can also find me on Instagram at hello, Mary Lofgren. Um, before I ask the last question, is there anything, I'm not sure why I'm asking this, but is there anything from our conversation today that surprised you? I don't know, like, or anything that popped up that you're like, huh, didn't know we were going to go there. Didn't know, like anything that kind of like popped or you felt or you thought, yeah, that you wanted to share or reflect on for a moment. Thanks for asking. Um, I would say what surprised, like this is, I think, the most unique and possibly enjoyable podcast episode I've ever been a guest on because our agenda here isn't to talk about learning or methods or, I mean, we did talk about philosophies and experiences, but it's like a conversation on love. It's just so simple. And as we were talking, I was envisioning your mom listening. Yes, yes, <laughs> Hi, Mary Lynn. <laughs> Shout out to Mary My Lynn. Mom. <laughs> and she that's something it. I just so appreciate about you is that we just, Every, you know, whenever I'm with you and around you, I feel, I feel more free to be myself and, and to just keep it real. And I love that about you. And I'm grateful for that about you. And I just feel like we're sitting on your couch with Lauren and your mom and Karen and all our 
our group and enjoying ourselves. And that feels so nice. Thank you for saying that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I feel that. Um, and I'm so excited for my mom because she will, she'll listen like, and she'll text and she'll do all the practices. You know what I mean? I'm just like so grateful Aww. for her too. And she's inspired so much of this as well. So I think my last, you know, I do have to say, we may have to do a part two at some time. Cause I have at least, I think we, we covered a, a third of the questions, which is so funny. Cause clearly like, I'm very, like my mind <laughs> doesn't yet, like understand what's possible in an hour, especially because my favorite part is going wherever we went, right. Or uncovering something or being like, this led to this. And what was so amazing this is kind of that divine, those things you can't plan for, right? Where you would bring up something that I was about to ask, you know what I mean? So I'm just so grateful for you showing up and being you and being open to, again, sometimes it's easier to share when there is more of a, an agenda, right? Like when it is, mm. and this is like wherever like our hearts were going to take us, right? It's like, and, and we were going to be guided. So I'm so grateful for that. Um, mm-hmm. my last question is where is love calling you now and next? Where is mm. love calling you now and next? Love is calling me to motherhood. Mm. Um, I have wanted to have a family since I first picked up a baby doll when I was two years old. You know, mm-hmm. I've always known that about myself and, uh, the more traditional family planning method of having a partner and, you know, doing it in that road or that re- uh, way, um, has not been the path of my life. And so I'm seriously considering and starting the process of planning to try to become pregnant, um, mm-hmm. without a partner as mm-hmm. a single mother by choice. And in fact, I don't know if I told you this story. I think I might've when I was visiting, but I, my dog, uh, Winnie passed away recently and she had had a brain tumor that threw off her balance. And so I ordered this stability sling for her and it came in the mail and I was casually and, and moments before I had left a message for one of my dearest friends and someone who's kind of a mentor in my life. And I was like, you know, I'm just feeling this really strong call to move forward. And I'm just going to ask the universe and higher power to send me messages and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And so I'm like casually opening the dog sling. I know what's in the package. And inside the package, they had accidentally sent me a pack of swaddling blankets (laughs) (laughs) so it was like wow you know like I very rarely get literal communication like that you're usually vague you have to interpret a little bit more than totally totally like finding a word in a sentence that I could like rearrange the letters into the sign that I want you know Uh, uh, uh and this was very very literal so um you know it's like probably will be the biggest is the biggest surrender of my life, you know, mm-hmm. to the life that I have instead of the life that my younger self had planned for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just, I was sharing with Elizabeth before we recorded, like I'm 
starting to have all these ideas of ways that I could ask, you know, cause it's quite expensive to try to get pregnant, uh, without the traditional way. Mm-hmm. And I could have like a burlesque go-go fundraiser where everyone stuffs money into my underpants as a blessing for my fertility journey and helps, you know, in the creation of that. And I could put a table up outside the farmer's market with a big sign, like a bake sale that says, get me pregnant, (laughs) you know? And like, for me, like, that's that play. That's like how love I think works through me is like just playful, funny, inventive kind of um, sometimes crass ways to uh, experience love more deeply. So that's where I feel called right now. Yeah. And what I love about all of those examples is how all of them are calling you into more moments of connection, right? Like, again, mm. what a unique, and it, it, you may have 20 different ideas. And then you're, again, that inner wisdom, that intuition tells you this is the one, right? And, but I'm just like, all of those things you just said with the bake sale with like, how many ways of opening to connection, a moment of giving and receiving, you know what I mean? Like a moment of you in the future would tell your child, guess what? Guess how this came to be? And how, again, when you listen, I keep thinking about what you said earlier about the portal. Do you see the portal to enchantment? The portal of enchantment? Oh my gosh, there's something, I don't use the word enchantment and I want to, like it does, like there's something about it there that's like all these ideas as they come through from that place of like creativity and openness and curiosity and but again what I keep seeing for you is these moments that open more and more spaces of connection and intimacy and Mm -hmm. again I think it's just the reason we're here one of the reasons we're here so Mm -hmm. thank you for sharing that thank you for being here uh is there anything else you'd want to share before we close Let me pause with that. I don't think so. Just my gratitude at being able to sit on this, you know, imaginary sofa with you and enjoy a cup of coffee in your mug collection, which I know is vast and diverse (laughs) because I've seen it. And um, with little one curled up between us, it's been such a deep nourishing pleasure thank you so much thank you so much for being here i really appreciate it and for those of you listening thank you for joining mary and i on the couch with the cat and a mug of something and (laughs) please uh feel free if anything pop for you resonated or you want to share you can always email the love says podcast at gmail.com or me at elizabeth at elizabethjohnson.net And I'm so grateful for Mary being here in this conversation and you being here in this conversation. And may we all just continue to come back to to love, feeling it, being open to it, disconnecting from it, and and then coming back. So wishing you all love and we will talk with you soon. Bye.